A very warm welcome to our latest Momentum Meets podcast. I'm Alistair Body, Business Development Director here at Momentum Broker Solutions. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Martin O'Neill from AMG, based over there in Omar in Northern Ireland. Thanks for joining us, Martin. No problem. Thank you, Alistair. Appreciate your time. We might have a bit of fun today with the Kiwi talking to the, uh, the Irishman, so um, I'm sure we'll work through it with the accents. We'll be okay. No worries. <laughs> the story of AMG is an interesting one. I mean, you've been in the industry for a good few years now. How did you originally get into insurance, Martin? Um, I suppose for me, it was something um, my father was heavily involved in, in, in risk and that sort of stuff for the major um, sports institution. So it was always kind of in the background. Um, for me, it was just it was a, an opportunity, I suppose, to do something different. Um, meet different people every day, look from the, I suppose, protection side of it, the protective nature of myself, I suppose, um, and see what I can do. It, it appealed to you at the time and uh, and the rest is history, really? It did, certainly, yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely appealed to me at the time and uh, gave me an opportunity, I suppose, to, to, to get on the road and, and look at different businesses and do something different every day. And so back in 2020, I think it was early 2020, the two of us started having a chat. Maybe it was late 19. I can't quite recall from the um, off the top of my head, but what was the driving factor at the time for you to, you know, go alone? Well, I suppose it's like everything else. Um, I was getting to a stage in my life, um, midlife, I won't call it a midlife crisis, it was more like a midlife incentive, um, just to just to get older. And um, I was working for a very big, and had a nice nice position in that company, a very big commercial broker, um, who at the time were just after acquiring a, another very big commercial broker. And for me, I suppose, the key to this, this role or this industry is, is, is the client. It's client-centric. And I just noticed that there was less of a, with the bigger entity, there was less of a focus on the client and more of a focus on the bottom line, satisfying insurers and all that sort of stuff. So I just felt, look, you know, this really isn't the way I like to do business. It's not the way I like to see things happening. I don't see anything wrong with it, but it just wasn't for me. So like that, yeah, I looked and I, I wondered what way could I do things or what could I, what could I achieve? And uh, came across yourselves, had a long think about it picked up the phone and uh, we took it from there. And and so you obviously weren't happy with the way that you were managing your clients because of the, the framework that you were working within. Um, you know, you could have gone and got another job elsewhere. What was the actual decision making to say, well, hang on a second, I've got to do this alone. I've got to set up my own business and, and, and create my own values and culture, which ultimately my clients um, have, have grown to love and, and, and expect from you. Well, I suppose, ironically, it's actually probably, you know, Speaking with clients that I had, um, who I suppose I, I acquired when I took that role, um, you know, they actually said, look, it's, it's fantastic dealing with yourself because, you know, we can deal with you. We're not being passed on to Peter or Paul or to this or that. If we need you, you're at the end of the phone. If we need to see you, you're in front of us within a couple of hours. And that to me was, was massive. Now, that might necessarily make, um, financial sense from the point of view of a, a commercial entity saying well look we're only generating you know 1500 pounds in income here and there's been 40 pounds spent on diesel or there's been this or that or whatever else you know to me you know if if we're spending 1450 on diesel we're still up yeah you know so it's it, you know it really is about that client because the client is the client is is, is king queen whatever else the client is centric and when you lose that I suppose you get a little bit complacent. The client will see that. If they've had a level of attention, they've had whatever else, they'll see that and they'll feel a little bit neglected. 
And why wouldn't they move on? Absolutely. So to me, the retention of that client is far more important than trying to replace that client. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I remember in the early days when we first started talking, you, you there was a genuine amount of excitement coming from you in regards to setting this business up. And I'm not trying to suggest that's out of the norm, but um, the normal people starting their own brokerages, there's there's a bit more hesitation there, but you genuinely did leap at this. So um, you'd obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this and you had it pretty clear in your own head that this was the right way forward for you. For me, yeah, and I can only speak in, in respect to myself and my own experience. You know, I've, I, I've worked in a, a few different places and I've worked for a lot of different people um, and I've worked with a lot of different people. And I suppose for me, it was really just saying, look, what do I want here? What can I bring to the table? Do I want to be answerable to the same people, the same, you know, systems that can change and all this sort of stuff for the next 20 years? Because there's another 20 years working in me, I'd like to think at least. Yeah. Um, and the, re- the answer to that question was, no, no, I don't. You know, I want to take control of this. I want, I don't want to be told that I can do something or I cannot do something. I can go to a client and visit him after five o'clock. Um, but only if that client brings us in five or six grand worth of income. No, I, I, I don't entertain that. What I want to do is say, right, if that client is bringing me in 50 quid and it means more to him for me to be there and it costs me 55 pounds, it mightn't necessarily make economic sense in that regard. But I can assure you that if I go to do that, that client will then tell of his friends that, look, this guy Martin or this particular person will go out of his way to look after you. And that, to me, is what grows. Yeah, that's what grows. And going back to what you were saying before, but that's your choice. Um, whereas when you're working yes. in a corporate structure, you don't have that option. You're, you're, you, get, you get questioned for why and where you're spending your time. You get that gut feel, don't you, that, you know what, it's worth the journey. It is worth doing this because it is the right thing and it will pay out in dividends for you. Well, the other side of it is as well is that when you sat down with that client and you put the package together, you know, whatever, the, you know, be the combined liability or whatever it was, you know, if a client has a concern in regard to that, be it a claim, you need to be there to hold their hand. That's what it falls down to. It's all well and good and taking a check and a renewal and a good luck and a hurry and whatever else. Thank you. But, oh, Martin, look, I have a problem. I'm sorry, no, deal with whoever else. People deal with you. Your client deals with you. They want you to be able to manage things as best as possible at their, on their time frame, not yours. Yeah. And look, the business has grown from strength to strength, certainly over the last 12 months. And I'm sure it's a business which you're incredibly proud of. But I'm not trying to beat around the bush, Martin. It has and it was a tough start for you. Um, and, and getting the business on the books was particularly difficult in the early days. From the outside looking in, and, you know, we spent a lot of time talking through those times, as we still do now. But, you know, it was taking the toll on you at times. You know, Do you mind sharing a little bit of insight in regards to the challenges you faced and, and, and how you dealt with that? No, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that. It was, I can't say it's been an easy journey and, and it won't continue to be an easy journey. Um, yeah, the first look, the first 12 months were, were, were a very, very serious challenge. Um, probably from, I suppose, a lot of the blame would have to point to, to me. I suppose if you look at the industry we're in, we're all about risk and, 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 and you know, protecting and avoiding, you know, any risk or exposure or anything like that. And for me, you know, I was very, very conscious of leaving a very big corporate animal and having, you know, contractual covenants and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I did not want to put myself or anyone else in the firing line of any potential litigation. So I probably made a point of, of you know, not engaging with clients when they were really trying to engage with me. Um, the other side was as well, obviously, with, with everything, people coming out of COVID and all that sort of stuff, I noticed that there was a bit more... 
um, hesitation for people to actually meet face to face. And I, for one, am not comfortable. Now, maybe I'm too pernickety, maybe I'm too pedantic, and it'll cost me in the long run. But I don't believe that any broker should be going and taking on a risk without physically seeing it. Now, I'm not talking about a residential property or anything like that. Yeah. I'm talking about a commercial enterprise. That it's our job to tell a story, and if we don't actually witness that story, how can we? How can we explain it properly to an insurance company? So that I found a little bit difficult. Um, and obviously, again, a new entity, very small by way of comparison, not within the momentum connection, but as AMG, it was seen as a one or a two-man show and getting that brand awareness out there. So, yes, some people would give you the opportunity that they'd allow you a quote. Um, we could come to the table with whatever else. And then the fear factor might step in where they're holding brokers say, well, you know, these guys might be around in 12 months or they're only a flash in the pan or they're whatever else. Yeah. You know, stick with us. And I'm delighted to say that a couple of those clients that we did only meet for the first or the second year, we now have on the books because we've outlived that. And and how did you cope personally? I mean, how important was it having the network, whether it was the likes of uh, family, friends, Momentum, for instance, or or other business advisors around you to support you through those times? Um, believe it or not, I actually called upon a lot of advice and support from clients because there's very few clients I have that have been handled the business. You know, they have been through a lot of the stuff that I would speak to. And maybe it's not appropriate to talk to a client about, you know, concerns about your business or, you know, concerns about your own failings or marketing or management or whatever else, or even finances. But there's not one successful business person I know that had an easy <laughs> run of it. And it's no. lovely, I think, when you can actually sit down with a client or a friend or a family member and say, look, I'm struggling here. You know, I'm struggling from the point of view of did I make the right decision? Did I, you know, did I commit my family and my children to, you know, a legacy of problems as a result of leaving a good job or, or on a midlife crisis or whatever else? And I think, you know, there's more of that going on now where people are being a bit more honest and open. There's less BS in conversations now. It's not all Instagram. It's not all fake, artificial, everything's rosy in the garden. People genuinely care. And I think if you put your hand up and you say, look, I am struggling with this. I don't think I've got my marketing right. I've got this. And that person, nine times out of ten, will tell you, "Look, I've been there. Here's how you steer yourself out of it, or what can I do to support you?" And to me, that's that, that's fantastic, and that's key to an awful lot of it. And yeah, I presume these clients that you've uh, showed your vulnerabilities to are still clients today. They are, and, and not only that, but I'd regard them as friends too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This was of obviously when you start, started your business. You you started at a time when you had a couple of newborn. Well, I say a couple. They normally normally come in twos, but newborn twins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, we and, did, and, we and did. you literally had your hands full. Um, I mean, I remember having many a conversations about the uh, the nicknames that you gave them in the early days. But we'll probably leave that for another day. But uh, yeah. it, it can't have been easy having that going on in the background whilst you're doing the business at the same time. No, it wasn't. And, and, and ironically, you know, they, they were just turning six months, I think, when we started this venture. And they only turned three, um, two boys. Um, they only turned three there last uh, last month. And myself and my wife were reflecting. And maybe I'm being too clinical when I say this, but given the commitment level, to, you know, that you have to as a parent to support your spouse, to support your other child, and obviously to support newborns, um, I don't believe that if I was in a normal nine-to-five full-time job, subject to target, subject to whatever, that I'd still be in it. But to me, that priority was the welfare of my children and the welfare of my wife. Now, it was very difficult from the point of view of the business, but 
the way I had the business under my own control, for want of a better phrase, it allowed me the freedom to be able to work outside that nine to five or work outside that Monday to Friday to still deliver, to still try and grow. Yes, it was a massive pressure, but I firmly believe that if I didn't, you know, go down the route of stepping up on, on, on my own and with yourselves, I wouldn't be in the job I was in. That's an interesting sort of approach to it, because most people would turn around and say, well, you know, when, when I've just had children, now's the time where I need the salary. I need I need that guaranteed income. Whereas for you uh, and for your family, it was more important to have the freedom. Well, it was, it was to have the freedom, but it was also to know that, you know, look, I need to do this for us. I'm not doing it just for marketing. I'm not doing it for momentum. I'm not doing it for, for whatever else. I'm doing it for us. I'm trying to build something to provide for my, my family. So... It, it, it's it's um it's 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 it probably is a strange angle, but as they say, look, the the best incentive to for anything is a little bit of hunger, and when you've got <laughs> you know five mouths to feed, that's probably the best incentive of all. Um, and and it, it, I suppose I, I can't really sit down. COVID, I found very frustrating, only for the twins being born. I have to be doing something. I have to be going out. I have to be doing whatever else, and uh, and that's it. So. Yeah, the timing was difficult, but there's never a good time to set up on your own. You have to just go. It's like there's never a good time to have a child. There's never a good time to get married. You just have to go with it. Uh, yeah, I can imagine isolation with newborn twin uh, twins is, is 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 probably some some people's idea of a horror. Um, you know, not being able to get away and get it and, and get some uh, time to yourself. But uh, you know, if anything, it's probably made you stronger. It has. Now it broke me a few times. I'll be honest, but certainly yeah, it has. And I think as, as a family unit, um, I think it has. I think anyone who has young children, irrespective of twins or, or, or multiple births, I think. A young child is a huge responsibility and a huge amount of work um, for two parents, and uh, that has to be shared. That has to be born. So, yeah, it was it was a challenge, but a challenge that thankfully I'm, I'm happy to say we've we've overcome and come out the other side of it smiling. Talk me through any of the sacrifices that you probably had to yeah probably had to bring into play, uh, with, whether it be personally, whether it be for the family's point of view. Certainly during those early days. Um, sleep, black hair. Simple as that, you know me, um, Alistair, I'd probably, I'd probably turn twice and respected the hair on my head if I was left of it. Um, the sacrifices, I suppose, certainly um, at the start financially, there was no doubt about that. Um, and then the, the worry factor, um, that worry factor kept me awake a lot, you know, irrespective of, 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 of children or whatever else. It was, did I make the right decision? Did I make the right decision for this, that, and the other? Um you know, not doing the holidays, not taking the time off, not doing whatever else, um, pulling out the laptop at nine or ten o'clock when, you know, you have a wife sitting there who's as exhausted as you are and she's looking thinking, you know, can you not just take a break? And you're saying, well, no, I can't. This has to be done because if it's not done, you know, I won't say we're not going to eat this week, but, you know, I'm going to be worrying and thinking whatever. And I've given that commitment to a client that I'm going to get this done. So I'm going to, I'm going to deliver for him or you know. And so fast forward, um, you know, the last 12 months, I was looking at the figures earlier. Um, business has gone through an excess of 40% growth in the last 12 months. It's been a fabulous, you know, calendar year. Um, what do you put that down to? Um, I think just not deviating from um, what we what, what we set up for originally, as I said. Yeah, sir, you know, it was all about the client and the client focus. And I think honouring that, um, that commitment to the client and saying, look, I will be there. Not taking on any any crap risks. We all know they're out there. 
not looking to get an insurer scorned or, or you know, or a client or any of that sort of stuff that, that might be a little bit ambiguous about figures or whatever else, but saying, you know, I want to work with you. I'm only going to work with you if we do it right. If we don't do it right, I'm not prepared to work with you. And it's, 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 it's that element there that I believe that, that putting your, like, our, our tagline is your commercial insurance partner. And to me, what we do is we are their insurance department. And if they appreciate us, you know, and we do a good job, they're telling other people. So for me, the growth in the business has not been about, you know, I spent money on marketing, I spent money on advertising, I spent money on sponsoring, you know, from golf days to business awards to all that. And to be blunt about it, I saw very little return. But what I do see a return on, you know, on a near weekly, and I, won't, I wish I could say daily, I hope I will be able to say daily next year, um, basis is referral. Such and such gave me your number because you looked after him on this. Would you mind taking a look at my stuff? Not you for a few months, but would you mind? And if somebody's doing that as opposed to ringing up and saying, look, you're an insurance broker, get into my office, do this and have a look at this. They're, they appreciate your advice and they appreciate your service and your time. Do you know one of the funny things is I remember some of the early days and the conversations we were having around some of the risks that you were trying to get involved in and uh, they, they weren't prepared to do it the way that you wanted to do it in regards to doing a proper review. And the frustration was is you, you wanted the income in, but you weren't prepared to sacrifice your principles. And in the early days, that was really making it tough in regards to getting income through the door. But now you're actually putting it down to, to the reason why you're getting income through the door. It was, and I'm sure it was as frustrating for you as it was for me. Um, you know, there's no doubt about that. But I just felt, look, you know, it, it, ultimately this industry is based on, on, on the principle of utmost good faith and trust. So if I sit in front of a client and a client says to me, well, my turnover is 1.5 million, and I say to him, well, look, record the company's house at 6 million. Ah, yeah, but who looks at that? And you point out and you say, well, you know, I'll also just have a look at that in the event of a claim. And that's non-disclosure material factor. That's whatever else, you know. And if they say, ask you, that will never happen. That's not a client I, I, I want to entertain. Because all will happen is you're looking at a potential PI or you're looking at whatever else or a problem in the event that a claim arises. So for me, I would rather have a client that says, look, I appreciate your service. I understand you're charging me. You're not the cheapest in town, but this isn't a cheap product. Thank you. But when I need you, you better be there. And that, to me, is, is, is fun to do. So just, I suppose, taking that one step further, talking about the clients that actually uh, benefit from the service and support that you provide, I mean, who would you describe as what, or how would you describe your typical client? Um, a typical client could be anything from 5 to 15 to 20 grand. It depends, you know. Um, typical client is someone that probably has had a long-term relationship with their existing broker. Um where I'm going in and saying, look, can I can I just have a wee look and have a you know see that there, and you're explaining to them there that look the, the business description is off or you know businesses diversified so much after COVID that people didn't really keep up on things. Um, some brokers are there and, and you know they get into the habit with clients that look, I that's your renewal coming up there now next week. I send you the schedule. Hope you're all well. Send me a check. Good luck and I hope I don't see you the next year. Um, no reviews, nothing like that. So it's when you. I suppose it's a very different perspective when you're a business owner and you have that worry that we discussed. Um, and you can relay that to somebody who has a business as well. And you say, look, what is the stuff that keeps you awake at night? And if they say, well, somebody falling in the warehouse or somebody, you know, a fire or an asset or whatever else. And you explain that to them. That, look, my job is to make sure that doesn't happen. I can't compel you to buy it all, 
but it's certainly can compel you to think about it. And um, I think when you get to that level and you say to them, look, I want to protect your worst case scenarios here, but you need to be honest and upfront and tell me what they are. So there's a little bit of a, I won't call it a heart to heart, but there's a very deep fact find, if you like. And um, when you get through that, I think it, 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 it builds a bit of a bond as well. Absolutely. The, the insurance industry loves a cliche, doesn't it? You know, we're service-led, best products, best price, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, um, some of it actually does ring true. But fundamentally, when you start looking at some of these businesses who take clients for, to a certain extent, for granted, because the business is of a size, it's very, very hard to deliver on those uh, commitments or values that they obviously deliver on from day one. Whereas I suppose they're more fleet of foot and nimble businesses like yourself have got a real opportunity to demonstrate that year on year for forever. That's it, man. And, you know, I don't, I don't envy that. Like, you know, I suppose for me, you know, we're on a path of growth here at the moment and it's fantastic, but you know, it'll be a, a very serious consideration if we get to this stage where we're going to have to take on a lot of staff. We can certainly empathize with the bigger brokers there that, you know, they have, you know, big motor fleets, they have big, you know, big salaries, they have all these sort of overheads, um, and they have guys and girls who are on serious targets. What I don't want is to have anybody ever working for me who feels that if I don't get this over the line, I'm not going to get paid this month. You know, I work for a company, an insurance company, and the Republic called uh, FPD and they were a brilliant insurer they were direct they carried the risk and their job was look you know if in doubt you walk out yes you have a target but if you feel in any way that this risk is going to you know come back on us you don't worry about it you've done your job you've whatever else don't take on crap that's going to sting us and that was one of the best learning curves I ever had in respect to this industry that it's it's just about uh, it's just about doing it right you know and bringing that specifically into what a, what a client gets when they, they, they partner with AMG, what do you specifically do to service that and support them? Um, it definitely would be. Uh, there's not one client I have that I haven't been on their, their site. I haven't been on their premises or anything like that, you know. And, um, you know, to me, that's important. I know the risk. I know what it's like. And I can appreciate all that. So it's really the, the get to know you. Tell me about your business. We'll review everything from top to bottom. If I feel, look, you're you're with the best insurer, be it a direct insurer, be it whatever else, and there's not really much I can do for you, well then that'll be that'll be me stepping back from it and saying, well, you know, keep me in mind for for next year or whatever else. And and clients do appreciate that. They look and they'll say, well, this guy isn't just here for the the, the quick pound, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned before, just just moving back to the sort of work-life balance side of things, that there's, you know, the, the being self-employed enable you to manage the, the, the needs of the family at the same time. Yeah. Now, does that mean that you don't get up at five o'clock anymore and you uh, only sleep <laughs> until nine or uh, or is there, is there a routine you've got? No, far, far from it. No, we, we used to have that, you know, but far from it. But what it does do is it allows, you know, even, even my wife there now, she's, she's a teacher, she's on summer holidays at the moment, but it allows her to be able to get up. But, like, the kids are, thankfully, and I hope they don't think that they're in a regular sleeping pattern now. But there's still that, that kind of five, half, five o'clock rise in us that there always was anyway. But it allows, you know, her to go to the gym or me to do whatever else and, and you know, even just get the, get the house ready and be prepared. One thing that this has given me the freedom for, that I never thought I'd enjoy is actually the school run. Just, you know, having that there that you can actually walk your child to the gate, you know, come hail or shine and let them know because to me that's what 
kids remember. It's those times. Maybe be at the side of a football match at the pitch or whatever else. And that might be or on a sports day at three o'clock on a on a Friday afternoon that you normally wouldn't be able to make it, you know, or you'd have to take a half day. You know, they don't get me wrong, you have to compromise for that and you have to fill in that time another time. But it's those little nuggets there that make it worthwhile, you know, that you can turn around and you can justify saying, Well, I wasn't able to, you know, um put you to bed last night because I was away, but I'm able to stand here now and, and cheer you on or do whatever else there where a lot of other mummies and daddies aren't because they're working. You know, and irrespective, you still have the phone in the back pocket, which has everything anyway. So you're still, you're still on the job, whether you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. But it's those 10, 15 minutes every day when you, when you can to just to, to, to take, take the walk, do your best, wish them the best for the day and, uh, and then and send them on their merry way. Yeah. You've got a pretty, pretty busy personal life outside of uh, um, the family as well. So you recently featured on RTE and uh, BBC uh, in regards to foil search and rescue. Rasha Gahargere, Tamartin and we have patrol la foil search and rescue. All right there. Agus Neil Shawad, Gamin Er Gollamon Grieve. What's going on? There's a few problems with her mental health. Okay. Taban Agruhas, Agus Tashilora Kodju on Erin. Well, what I'm going to do then, if you don't mind, is I'm going to sit a little bit closer to you. You just let it out. Did you have a few drinks or anything tonight? Yeah. Do you know what? That never makes it any easier. You know that? It doesn't help it at all. If you don't mind telling our listeners, what, what's that all about? What are, you, what are you doing with them? Yeah, it's, um, well, I suppose, I, originally I'm from Dublin and I, I moved up to Oma about 12 years ago in, in County Tyrone. And uh, there's a city just above us called Derry, Derry, London, Derry there. And um, unfortunately, there's a major issue up there regarding suicide and mental health. So I suppose about two years ago, my wife said to me, look, you need to take a bit of time for yourself. Um, you're putting a lot of time into the family. You're putting a lot of time into the business. And her intention was maybe I take up golf. So I search and rescue were actually recruiting volunteers at the time. So I put my name forward for that. Um, with that, I suppose what we do and what that charity does um, is it, 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 I suppose it, ideally prevents anyone attempting to take their own life in the event that they do take their own life in the river foil we'll, we'll go and we'll try and recover that body that's um or that casualty and repatriate either with a hospital or with their family and did you take anything tonight or anything like that you haven't hurt yourself or anything like that have you no but see even sitting talking to us you'll feel an awful lot better tomorrow and that's what we're here for you know and i'm delighted you did that because a lot of people don't have the battle for that you know and you know what you do tomorrow morning you make me a promise? Yeah. Give yourself a break. Okay. Will you? Yeah. All right. You don't have to be superwoman with everything. You don't have to keep it all together all the time. Give yourself a wee break, all right? Togan and Van Cad on Erin, Glea Horror, and you're the Gar Gilta, Agus Fanninshid Lehi, Gijiga Daganshid. On train all, yeah, been been trail on a shin. Not hard to actually. Then so it's it's tough work, um, but it's vital work. And for me, it's just that sort of thing where it's it's a very different thing to the day to day. But there's a core value there of you know protection, looking after, and, and you know there's a huge camaraderie element there as well. Um, since that that show went out, it was it, it got a great review, thankfully. You know, I've, I've, I now sit on the, the management committee and I'm responsible for the health, safety and the risk. And then I'm also in the boat and doing all that stuff as well. So it's it's very different. It's very hard physically. It can be hard mentally. But, you know, as a member of the community, as I suppose, as, as an individual, 
it's, it's vital. It's just that support network. And it must be incredibly rewarding in its own way. Absolutely. No, there's, uh, you know, people will ask you, and I always ask a lot of the team there, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of volunteers, there's a huge amount of support, you know, and people do it, you know, just out of the interest of the well-being of others. And I always say that it's good for the soul. It's as simple as that. It is good for the soul. You know, you mentioned there about hard times with the business and all that sort of stuff. And it was very hard. It was very testing and very challenging mentally and financially. But when you see people in their utter crisis lowest point, you realize, you know what, your problems don't even feature. And it's, it's, it, that puts things in perspective massively too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I suppose when your wife said to you, hey, you need a bit of downtime and a bit of you time, so take up golf, um, I don't think the two would have, would have gone hand in hand, would they? You know, going volunteering for foil search and rescue or playing golf. So it doesn't really seem like downtime to me, Martin, but clearly it's what you needed to, to, to get your head and, and mind on, on other things. Yeah, well, I suppose, like, you know, even even with AMG, and, and I have to say this is something that I've experienced, you know, like with the back and the momentum of the teams we have there, you know, there is that there, there is that lovely backup and support and all that kind of thing there. But, you know, when you're doing the day-to-day and you're meeting clients, it's a lonely out road when something goes wrong. You know, I know I can pick up the phone to you or, or, or that sort of stuff or whatever else. And really what I wanted, as opposed to be annoying friends or, or anything like that, I, I needed an outlet for, you know, I suppose an element of support. And um, the camaraderie that you have with your colleagues there, you know, be it on a boat or in a jeep or, or just even up at the base having a cup of coffee, you know, there's an element of dark humor, there's an element of, of you know, slagging, there's, you know, you, you might walk in there 10, feeling 10 foot tall, but you'll walk out there feeling two foot nothing, you know, and, and that's what you need sometimes. But um, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it was a great backup. Um, and to be, to be a little bit clinical about it now as well, um, it has done my business no harm either to be seen as somebody who gets involved with the community and puts themselves first as opposed to their, their financial interests or anything like that. I've never pushed the company. I've never done any of that sort of stuff there. But people want to know who you are. And they say, oh, you know, you're there, you're that, you're this, you're whatever else. And you get, would you mind looking at that? Or, you know, must keep you in mind for whatever. That's a very powerful thing too. Some some of our listeners will be thinking about starting up their own insurance brokerages or even just their own business in general. What advice would you give to them? Do it. Don't think about it. Well, think about it certainly, but (laughs) but don't think about it in a negative way. You know, think about it from the point of view of the possibility. Have a bit of faith in yourself. Be confident in yourself. Be confident in the backup that Momentum will give you. Um, And I can say, look, we've been honest and open. Momentum has supported me in plenty of ways, you know, um, and, and that's something that, Quite honestly, I wouldn't have started AMG without Momentum, but AMG wouldn't be here without the support that we got from Momentum over the last, certainly over the last 18 months. And that's massive because it shows to me that there's there's an element of, of confidence of ye and us. There's an element of support there and there's an element of integrity too, which is what we're, we're about as well. So I'd be saying, look, do it. You know, I, as a client said to me, I respect the man that went for it and failed as opposed to the man that didn't bother his heart. Well, look, thank you so much, Martin. I really, really appreciate today. Um, it's been a pretty full on session. Um, 
today, as expected, has been incredibly insightful. And I really do hope anyone listening um, to this podcast can see that just through simple hard work, I say simple, um, but a lot of hard work and sheer determination, anything is possible. You know, Martin, it's been an, you've got an incredibly busy personal life and whilst fulfilling your role as a dad and, and a volunteer and supporting the community, you I mean you built a business from scratch, which no doubt you're incredibly proud of. Um, I personally am incredibly thankful for your time today, Martin. So thank you very much for the straight talking and sharing your story. It's been a fantastic session. Appreciate it, Alfred. Thanks very much. And chat to you soon. Take care.